hello everybody welcome back into talk off it is friday june 9th every time we do the date i have to always <laughs> so get, I, do a plus one on, always, on the top of my uh oh, calendar I, here. I just never know what date it is I, I because i feel like i only ever knew the date in high school when like the date mattered when you would write the date on top of pages exactly and stuff like exactly that. Yeah, like yeah. now i don't write i don't have the date yeah, up there on my I laptop know, mine, mine is there. you have the date yeah i put june 8th right there yeah, see, I need to get the date on my yeah, laptop. I have, mine just I have says, it here, too. Mine just says Thursday, and the fucking time... Am I an idiot? All right, so let's address the elephant in the room early. We're all in the same room. First live podcast. We are the elephant in the room. Nice to see everyone. If you're watching the YouTube, hey. Hello. Hola. This is the coolest thing we've ever oh, done. And, oh, and we're also watching the Mets at the same time. They are bases loaded right now. Go Mets. Go Mets. We suck. Also... You know what I was just thinking? I was thinking about it but when we were practicing recording, not right now, mm-hmm. but since we use Riverside for all our music, do you think there's another podcast out there that uses the same music as us? There's definitely someone who has the same intro as us. Right? There has to be, but I don't know. Does, can Riverside, like if we made money off this podcast, which we make so much money off of. We make bread. We make so much. Um, 75 an episode. Literally. Easily. Um, people like, have could, been. Could they could they come at us and be like, we want we don't want you to use our music anymore? I think it's royalty free. I think we should take them to court. I think we should take we, we should proactively we, we, we should proactively sue them for when we get big, dude. Well, I didn't realize like that everyone uses Riverside. Like so many podcasts that are online, they all use Riverside. I mean, it, it's a great platform. Shout out Riverside. It's, it's essentially shout just, out it's, Riverside. It's pretty much just Zoom on steroids. It's better Zoom. It's, it's better Zoom, Zoom for podcasts. Zoom was Zoom walked so uh, Riverside can run. Hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. So um, for those who aren't on the East Coast today, or for those who are, honestly, probably the only way you wouldn't know about the news is like if you didn't have access to basic cable or a phone. <laughs> um, but. Thanks, Canada. Thanks, Canada. Thanks. You know, I just want to walk to Canada, go in there, and just ask why. I just want to know, like, you, like, you just couldn't, like, put it out? <laughs> Don't they have water? Isn't Canada supposed to be cold? Ooh, that's a really good point. You know what I heard the other day? What? I think it was from Wayne Gretzky who said this. Wayne Gretzky said that the... Na- Wayne Gretzky now? No, 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 no. I was listening to... <laughs> No, wait. I, that didn't make it sound like I didn't make it sound like I just like casually was talking to the the great one, but no, I was listening to the TNT broadcast for the uh, the Cup Finals, and he was saying that like lacrosse is bigger than hockey in Canada now. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure. I saw that too. So is is Canada global warming is real? They've moved from Stop. from from ice to lacrosse, from ice to turf. Is it Minnesota next? Minnesota's got to be next. Is Minnesota nasty at lacrosse right now? Um, but they have they have the Minnesota All Hair Team in hockey. It's really cool. It is really cool. Yeah. Well, Minnesota players got some flow too. Lacrosse players do have some nice flow. Oh, oh, that was hammered oh, by oh, Demo. Oh, see ya, see ya. That is what they call a grand salami. Fuck Spencer Strider. That is what they call a grand. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even realize they're doing this off Strider. Sup, Spence? Saying it was who is it? Oh, it's Verlander tonight too. The Mets need this fucking series, does They need this fucking uh, series. Well, we've already lost the series. Yeah, but they, but we're, they we're, need we're, a, a game. Yeah, we need to steal one. This is, um, you know, the, the thing that hurts is we've started off 
the first two games of the series up 4-1, and we've lost both games. Last night, um, last night was just a, a combination of a lot of things. Um, personally, I think last night's game was just uh, just an unlucky game. The, the Braves were sneaking hits into places where we just weren't playing. So it's just like you can't do you can't really do anything about that. They outplayed us. Uh, the night before, though, uh, that that was a that was a tough loss. That was purely um, just like it's we brutal. couldn't we we couldn't we couldn't leave uh, we couldn't leave the starter in. I think Carrasco pitched that game. Carrasco, you know, we gave him a lead. He gave it up, and it just it was just. A combination of things. The bullpen has not looked good. It, it's scary to have to hand the game over to the Mets bullpen right now because you don't really know what you're going to get. You could either get some shutout innings or yep. you could get six runs. So I, I, I'm, I'm with. I mean, we're in the we're like in the same boat this year, and I kind of love it. But the only difference is that your team was supposed to be very good, and my team was supposed well, to like, be how it's performing. The thing, the thing, the thing about the Mets is that I I'm not shocked that we're getting owned by the Braves. Like I'm scared of the Braves. The Braves scare me. I hear the chop when i sleep uh like it's 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 you should it's scary like th- this team is better than us and yeah. uh as a mets fan that's very easy for me to say um i think we were talking pre like preseason baseball and i said that the braves obviously i took the mets to win the division as just like a hometown pick but i mean the braves were probably the more likely team to win this division. They have the just, most complete roster. They in have baseball. them. Yeah, they, they're, they're there's, good. There, there's no other way to like. Obviously, you talk about the Astros, but even the Braves just have so much more of a complete lineup. There is nobody on that team that like sucks. I feel like like everyone is their their weakest guys are Marcelo Zuna, who used to be very good, and then he turned into a terrible human, and Eddie Rosario, who has shown flashes of being very good. So, it's like. They're just so complete in every form of the game, hitting, fielding, pitching, bullpen pitching, coaching, front office, ownership. They're the best. They're just the best. And that's why they're 37 and 24. That's why they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, no, they're they're one of the best teams in the league and honestly beyond like Tampa and maybe Texas, even in Texas, that this is probably the best team in the league and Without a doubt, the best team in the National League. It's essentially, in my opinion, this is the Braves' division to lose now. Uh, Which is hilarious because Philly a week is and not a, Philly's not catching them. No, but a week and a half ago, it's it's hilarious. The week and a half ago, we were literally sitting here after the Mets Guardians series. Not sitting here, but at the after the Mets Guardians series, we were talking. Well, the Mets still have you know they still have a chance. Three and a half back. You know you never know. You take a couple games here. The Braves lose a couple, and they got lucky too because the Braves dropped two to Oakland, and then the Mets just did not capitalize. They're now seven and a half back, possibly eight and a half after today, and it's just getting worse and worse. I I, I don't know. I just feel like the, the Mets are not a two games under five hundred team. That's not who they, this was a hundred and one win team last year. Yeah, no. It was like this was this, this 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 team won 101 games and we're it's playing the same team just playing, minus Degrom who is out for the season. This team is legitimately playing 500 baseball, and if the roster doesn't shake up in the coming weeks, this team will legitimately go 81 and 81. Like so, this is this team is a is a 500 ball team. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. 
if you had one one move that the Mets made right now to make Chris Rodazzo happy, what would it be? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, let's start with Vogelback needs to be off the roster. Okay. DFA Vogelback. Vogelback needs to be off the I think, roster. I think that needs to happen um, as well. I think Ronnie Mauricio needs to, to come up to the major leagues. They're currently trying to... Uh, they want him to play somewhere in the outfield, whether that's left or right field. I don't. Like, I don't. I don't get that. It's a pure infielder is the only well, problem. That, well, that's the, that's the issue. It's like, are you really going to take a guy who you value as such a high prospect, and then you're going to try to flip the script on him at the highest, at the uh, the second highest level of baseball, and then just say, okay, go to the major leagues and play outfield? I, I, I just like you I, set him up for failure. I feel like I have I have re- I've read that a lot. Like even at the beginning of the season when he was going off in spring training, I, all I was reading was that they were going to bring him up. But there was no room for him, so he's probably going to play the outfield. Jeff McNeil has shown that he can be a starting outfielder in the major leagues. Put McNeil in left, and then put Mauricio at second, and you have a phenomenal team right now. Mauricio, the guy is—he's a quadruple A player at this point. Like he's—he's he's proven to be almost too good for triple A, but they just haven't brought him up yet. He's had a great season. The start was incredible. He needs to come up. I agree with you. That's—that's that's one of the moves that needs to be made. What about something? What What do you think they need to add come deadline time? Uh, bullpen bullpen would be a really good start. Uh, rotation depth. I feel like it's hard. It, to... it needs to follow by rotation depth yeah. because uh, people forget that a big portion of our of our off season pitching signing beyond Verlander, which I don't really consider like the biggest piece because you you lost Degrom and you gained Verlander. So at the end of the day. Um, it, it kind of evened out, but the biggest pitching piece that we signed all all season. I mean, you can make the, the argument David Robertson, but it was Jose Quintana. Yeah, for the rotation, it was Quintana. That was the one I was most excited about. Quintana has been out. Um, he's had some issues with his ribs, um, so so he's not coming back till at least August. So they need to fill that gap, uh, and they need to fill it fast. And yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I really don't know like where they go here because. You know, you you can make a move, but how can you even justify making a, a big time move right now at thirty and thirty two? Like two games under five hundred, especially bullpen. Like you go out at the deadline and get bullpen depth when you're looking at the playoffs and you're looking to go deep in the playoffs. Like yeah. right now, the Mets are not a deep playoff team. Like they're not in the playoff picture at all. And right now, they're getting beat up, beat out in the wild card by the Pirates, the Giants, and the Marlins. Like. That, that that's not Mets baseball. The Reds are right on their ass, like a game and a half back. Like this team, you can argue, should absolutely be going and making moves at the deadline. But it's hard to be like, yeah, let's go make a move at the deadline when your team is two games under five hundred right now. Well, I think the decision that they're going to come down to pretty quickly here is whether or not they're going to compete this year or they're not. And look, like it's. At the end of the day, if 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 oh if, my if God, uh, who gave up a homer? Jose Ramirez has two home runs in three innings. Was it three nothing or two nothing? Three. Oh, I wow. fucking hate this team. All right, keep going. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say that the, the Mets have a legitimate decision to make on their hands. It's you know, do you try to compete this year or do you blow up the roster and say let's get guys like Beatty, like Vientos, Alvarez. Mauricio, do you bring them up now? Do you and then do you give them as many at bats as you possibly can, and then going to twenty four with your young guys, 
regroup in free agency and come out with a completely new look to start the year in 24. Obviously, you're going to have Scherzer. Scherzer's, there's no way Scherzer is going to test the open market, so he's going to he's going to take full advantage of that um, of that player option Absolutely. for next year. He's gonna, yeah. There's no way he tests the, the open market. So. Uh, and Verlander is obviously has his second year of the contract. I think it might only be a two-year contract. I, I believe it is. So Verlander's will obviously be back in 24. Quintana will be back in 24. Sango will be back in 24. The Mets just need they need another rotation piece. Diaz will be back in 24. It's crazy that we're already talking about 24 right now. I know, but like. There's just so much like not to look forward to if you're a Mets fan, right? Because they're just, it's so hard. Like for me, like I was saying before, like we have like the same team right now, but yep. for you, it's just so different because again, your team was supposed to be very good. This team was like maybe not favored to win the NL East, but they were right there with the Braves. Like this was not a step over team in the NL this year, and. The Red Sox, we knew was a, this was a bridge year for them, and they were lucky if they went 500. So it's like it, we're in two different scenarios, but we're kind of in the same place. And like it's so hard for the Mets right now to figure out where they go from here. You have to make a move, but like with Steve Cohen as your owner, you have to make a move. But the problem is, is it's hard to justify making a big splash right now. Yeah, it is really hard to justify making a big splash. But also, if you're Steve Cohen, and I know Cohen doesn't like to lose, and we say all this, but like the guy is losing right now. He's you know two games under 500. The team is not performing to the standard in which he came in to, to set in New York. It's really an interesting time. Like we're three years into the into the whole Cohen era. Um, Are we really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we're three years into the count. This is this is the third season. Um, so it'll be really. Uh, let's let's do this. Let's let, let's let's do this exercise. I love exercises. Okay. Um, let's let let's do this. Steve Cohen, grade as an owner as of today, as of June 9th, twenty three. I'm going to say B minus. I was, I was literally I'm going to say, gonna B say B minus. B minus. I think he's made look, good moves. Like he's he as an owner, he's he's made good decisions. He's made. I, I like that he's willing to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. and he trusts his general manager to go out there and make the right moves. But you can't give him anything above a B minus, really, because. They haven't done anything since he's been there. It's it's kind of the same thing that people are having arguments in Boston, like with Heim Bloom as general manager. Like, how can you like he hasn't done anything? Like, yeah, some of the moves have proven to be better than people thought they were gonna be, but if you're not winning games, then it really doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's uh it's at the end of the day, it's uh it's not about individual players here it's about a team as a whole and when cohen is going out and and getting players like lindor scherzer verlander Marte, it doesn't necessarily mean anything unless you're getting w's so you know you can you can boast the pay you can talk about the payroll you can you know throw numbers around all day but you just become a laughing stock if you're not winning and it's just like the thing that I, the, the realization I've come to with the Mets, the, the, this especially this series, is 
we just like we we just I think we expected uh, everything to turn around really fast. And I think that's like I think it's a bit unfair to expect that because baseball isn't a sport where you can buy a championship. You really need to develop young players and. You know, everyone's like, well, you know, how do the Braves get this good? I mean, these are all their guys. Like, these are besides Olsen. They're literally all their guys. Besides Olsen, pretty much everyone. Well, like, Olsen and let's, Murphy, let's obviously. Not, let's not like, even talk about this year's team. Let's talk about the World Series team. That's all their guys. That's all their guys. Every single one. Swanson, uh, Acuna, Albies. These are all their guys. Strider. These are all their guys. Like, they all Ian came Anderson up and, came up big. Like, this is what we've talked about, like, since we started this podcast, is that you can't buy championships. That's why the Astros and the Dodgers and the Braves of the world have won all the fucking championships because they can go out and make moves. They can sign guys because they're a bigger market and they can develop like nobody else in the fucking league. That's just, it's what we've been talking about. It's why they are so on a separate tier than so many other organizations in baseball. And we just need, this is the new norm. Oh, what a play, Lindor. Yeah, I think, and, and, and I think, like, back to your point where we're saying, what are we going to do at the deadline? I think it would be foolish to uh, to blow the farm system up. Agreed. Because, like, I, I think it'd be foolish to, to, to make a huge panic move right now and try to blow shit up to go get a shit ton of guys. Like, I mean, that's not what you, you do right now. You, you always have to look at it with, like, is it the glass half full or glass half empty? What's the difference between the two of those? Glass half full yeah. is you're looking on the positive side. Okay. Glass half empty is you're looking on the negative side. Because right, so, you could look at a glass of water and be like, oh, I have a half glass of water. Oh, okay. Well, I've never had someone explain it to me like that. Okay. <laughs> so so let's look at the glass half full here. Like, yeah, we, we might not have the best year, but like, it's another chance we can go into the draft and build up and get guys. So 100%. And I and you know if, if we're talking about a guy who we really want to use as trade bait, I think that Kevin Parada kid, the catcher agreed, agreed. from I think he was from George Tech. Uh, I think that could be a legitimate trade bait in like two years. Yep, a he's, year or two. He's very good. Very he's good. very good. And like, if we really think Alvarez is our guy, why not go out and trade him for something? You might as well at this point because right. I think uh, honestly, especially the, the tear that he's been going on, and 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 I have been calling it a, a possible Gary Sanchez situation. But did you know someone had a no hitter in the eighth today? It was Zach Wheeler. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it just got it just, just ended. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think the tear that he's gone on so far this year, uh, he he and the Mets are both showing that he's that he's their guy. He's going to be their guy and. Unless a crazy situation happens or he just falls off a fucking cliff, I think he will be their guy. And I think Parada is a is a great trade piece that they can use to go get someone, a, a high-caliber player. Um, I, I kind of want to stay— I don't, I don't understand this. Is there, there's three wildcard teams? There's always three wildcard teams. Who, oh, now, they play the— There's three wildcard teams now, yeah, remember? Yeah, and there's three division winners. Yes, so and six. the two divi- two top teams get a bye, and the third division winner has to play the best bye team. So the top team here, so like the Dodgers. The Dodgers will the no the Dodgers will play the Brewers, mm. and Miami will play Pittsburgh, or 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 it's or the or the Brewers will play Pittsburgh and the Dodgers will play Miami. It's something like that. But the third, if you and then the, and if then, you win your division, you're not guaranteed a bye. Right, right, and then um, essentially. So and then the, whoever has the best record in the league just goes immediately to the divisional because you don't play. Yes. Yeah. The 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 two top teams in each league go straight to the divisional. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Baseball has a weird way they do the playoffs. It's really I, I like the change. I, I like the three wild card teams now. I, I the only thing I hate about the three wild card teams is like I like that they're expanding it and more teams can get in. Mm-hmm. But I, I hate that that you can still play a wild card game when winning your division. You know what I mean? Like like Cleveland last year won their division. They had to play a wild card game. Yeah, I don't like that. Same thing with St. Louis in bo- in both leagues. Like they won their division, but they have to play wild card weekend. That's when it that's when you, it gets very tough because it's that's why when we have the d- discussion about like should they get rid of the divisions and stuff, I I'm a hundred percent with it because especially the way the playoffs works now, unless you're the top two teams in each league, it really doesn't matter if you win your division. Yeah, no, that's true. There's really. Um... I don't know. It's it's it kind of incentivizes teams to kind of play for the wild card because it's not a one and done series anymore. But yep. also, like you definitely want the comfort of the divisional round where it's a five best of five. But I don't know. I kind of wish that I, I kind of wish that the wild card round was best of five and divisional and championship and World Series were best of seven. Like the playoffs could could be a little longer. It's it's purists like it's baseball guys that like us that want that, but they apparently apparently. What the, what I everything that I've seen well, is the like Stanley, the, general, the Stanley Cup Finals are like almost everything two months. is seven games. They're I almost know two months. It's but uh, what people what I have read is that people are opposed to having a shit ton of games. Like they like that they wanted it to be three five seven seven. They don't want like these seven game series all the time. Whatever, man. It's like it's like whatever. I I can't wait for the playoffs, but we are so far away from that. Yeah, we're not even halfway through the season yet. So there's about uh, I think there's like either either 100 or 99 games to go. Um, we're right around that number right now. So it's it's uh it's kind of like go time for a lot of teams, and the Mets are definitely one of them. It's uh it's weird to say that we're playing meaningful baseball in June right now, but we're essentially playing for our season still. Uh, season is not over. It's not looking great, but you never know. We're only two and a half out of the wild card. Exactly. Like, like that's what I'm saying. With three wild card teams now, it, like it's, we suck. But like, it seems like, especially with how bad the centrals are, it's it's just it's very not very. I won't say very easy, but it's going to be a lot easier for teams to make the wild card, and it's going to be very. Should exciting. watch that tonight. No, I'm not watching the dozen. I don't give a shit. It's actually a good show. <laughs> um. I want to stay in this NL East and talk about Luis Arise for a second because this, like his, his, I'm on his baseball reference and it's just it's stupid. It's it. He's got 58 games played. He's batting 403, 452, 459. That's a 947 OPS. Like, it it doesn't make any. How can this guy just continuously hit the fucking ball? It's incredible. And he yeah. doesn't strike out, and he walks a shit ton. He has struck out 11 times this year. 11. Yeah, it's pretty unreal. And I think someone threw a stat out the other day that was mentioned Luis Arias has had more multi-hit games than he has strikeouts in his career. Yeah. Which is, uh, that's and, unbelievable. And for a guy like Arias to throw up numbers like 49 RBIs, 8 home runs, Hitting 316 and to finish 13th in MVP voting in the American League is pretty impressive. Um, batting average alone is not going to give you an MVP, but I'll tell you one thing: it's probably going to give you something better, and it's like legacy. Like you're hitting this, people are going to remember this stretch for a long time. Absolutely, and he is. I mean, I don't want to say he's single-handedly carrying the Marlins, but the Marlins are seven games over 500. 
he gets on base uh, almost half the time. Almost he's half up. the time he's up. Yeah, and and he doesn't strike out. That's the that's the craziest part is that he does all these things. He gets so many hits. He walks so much, and you would think maybe he's like maybe he's a three true outcome hit walk strikeout, but he's not. He doesn't strike out ever. Him and Juan Soto, I saw today, are the only active players to have more walks than strikeouts. He does not strike out, and he is the reason the Marlins are seven games over 500. Yes, their pitching has been very good this year and has carried them, but you could argue that Luis Arias has carried them as much as their pitching has because this is a team that, that last year was bottom three in every single hitting statistic, mm-hmm. and this year... They're just they're winning those close games. They're getting the bounces go their way, and they're making plays. They're pitching well, and then they're just getting timely hits, and it's just working. They're winning a lot of one-run games, but you can win run, one-run games all fucking year if you're winning them. Who cares? Yeah, this is true. The Marlins are playing a lot better baseball than we have seen the Marlins play in years past. Um, it's just really, really surprising, honestly, when you see the Marlins over 500 in June. Um, like, do you think this is a sustainable model for them to keep running out there? Or like, I mean, you... I I don't, I don't think it's sustainable for the only for the only reason of that. If you look at this roster, mm-hmm. there's just there's no meat there. Sure, there's no meat. I mean, like obviously you have a rise, and in the rotation you got some great arms there. You know, with Sandy, obviously Yuri Perez coming up and being great. And then they got a couple other guys, but you know, you lose Paulo Lopez, you gain Luis Arise, and we were a little bit skeptical of the deal in the offseason because we were like, well, Pablo Lopez was phenomenal for you last year, but obviously you're trading for the batting title champion. And Luis Arise has just been the guy. I don't think it's sustain like I think Luis Arise is sustainable. He'll probably hit upwards of 350, 360 this year. But I don't think the Marlins winning is sustainable because you, you it's it's kind of how I talked about the Rays last episode, which I don't like. It's like I think they're obviously a very good team, but they're not the way they're playing and the way they're winning games is just not sustainable because they have so many guys just outperforming like crazy. I think the Marlins is kind of the same situation. They just have a lot of guys outperforming and they're getting a lot of lucky bounces, and you can't expect that to go along for 162 games. Like, right. people have to remember we're 60 games into the season, like. It's it's almost halfway done, but it's still like so early because there's so many games in in the uh, MLB season. Halfway done doesn't really mean much. You don't really like you don't really feel like the games really really mean anything till almost pretty much after the All Star break. Yeah, I would say August is when you start turning it on and yeah. like the last like forty five games, start, 40, 45 yeah, games. Yeah, like like. Mid-August, I would say, is like when you start when you start playing people in your division. Like it starts to definitely like tighten up. Like you could feel like the the vibe in the ballpark definitely uh, switch. But uh, a question I have for you right now is: um, Let's revisit the Pablo Lopez Arias swap. It was uh it was not a one for one deal. The uh, the Marlins. Did get one other person back in this deal, or did the Marlins send someone? I think they sent someone with, okay. with Lopez. Okay, so um, so yeah, so Lopez right now, twenty three, three and three, four point two five ERA, uh, one point one three WHIP, and ten point six K per nine. 
It's like um, not the not the best. It's not the best. It's not the best. But like you have to look at it in the fact that the Marlins needed pitching, um, but they probably could have gotten someone a lot better than Pablo Lopez in this deal. And we were praising this deal for a while, and like on paper, it looks like a a good swap because like Araya is outside of the fact that he's. He's a great hitter and whatnot. Like it's not sustainable for him to hit 400, but his defense isn't anything special. I mean, he could play a few different positions in the infield, but he's, beyond that, he, it's he's, like he's he's just a bat. He's a can, below average second baseman, and he's an average first baseman. Right. It's he just like, he can just really hit for average, and 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 the only issue with with hitting for average is it's great, but you need a surrounding cast to get on base and for him to hit runs in. Exactly. And as of right now, the Marlins are finding ways to get him to the plate in RBI opportunities, but um, I think he only has, like, what, 18 RBIs? Uh, 30 RBIs this year. So it's like they're finding ways for him to drive in runs, but it's just like what at what point does the Marlins' offense start to, like, slow down and – kind of play to their true ability he had 49 rbis last and year and that's what i'm saying dude and finished 13th in mvp voting that's insane actually i didn't even realize 49 rbis in 144 games last year he's played 58 this year and he has 30 well i think a lot of that too is the difference in team because you know when when you talk about the minnesota twins it's it's the true outcomes it's they're hitting a home run they're striking out or they're walking the Minnesota Twins just, they refuse, refuse to hit singles. And especially since Luis Arise isn't there anymore, now they're doing it even more than they were before. So it makes sense that a guy who doesn't hit a lot of home runs and is more of a, a base setter only had 49 RBIs on a team that only hits home runs. Like if you like you see, he scored 88 runs last year, though. So there was a lot of him getting on base and guys... They, the Twins had guys surrounding him that could hit him in. I think on the Marlins, they don't really have anybody to hit him in, and they don't have enough guys to get on base that he can hit in. So it just it turns out being really weird. Thanks for turning the light on. Now it's bright in here. And someone's at the door. Nobody's at the door. I swear. I just heard a knock. We're not home. I'm gonna have to get Jake. It. Go get the door. <laughs> it's probably Jack, if I had to guess. Mid podcast. Um. So yeah, it looks like we have a, a guest here. Um. A no talking uh, guest. I, I, I'm 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 kind of forgetting what we were talking about. We were talking about a rise, but uh, like it's yeah, pretty much. Well, we were talking about the trade. Like right now, I think if you look back on the trade, right. It's. It's the Marlins win it right now because even the prospects that came over with Lo- like Lopez, you said has what a four two ERA. Like he started uh, off the season pretty well, but since then it's been absolutely a four nothing. two five. Since yeah, since the beginning, so. since the first like couple starts, he's been shit. So I, I don't really think that you can say that the Twins won this because the Marlins are also playing better baseball than the Twins right now. Yeah, the Marlins are definitely playing better baseball than the Twins, and uh, but the funny thing is the Twins are in first place. 31 and 31. I didn't actually check the score today. Um, so 31 and 31 is not right. Uh, they're, they're under 500. They're under 500 and they're yep. first in their division. It's, it's, it's incredible. They're going to make the playoffs. Well, they, I hope not. I'm, 
Still praying. No, they're that probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, I the know. Guardians are actually turning it on a little they're, bit, and so are the White Sox. So are the White Sox for some odd reason. The win today against the Yankees, but I still don't. I still think the White Sox are going to be sellers. They're, like seven games back, even if they make the playoffs, they're know, not though, doing. But, but they're not doing any. Look at that roster, and and you've they've already seen in the past few years that that roster can just not, they can't get it done. You know, someone's going to have an incredible injury in like 20 games. Either Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, or Tim Anderson's going down for the rest of the year. It's going to happen, and. How do they not sell, especially when everyone's so high on Dylan Cease this year? Everyone's looking to Dylan Cease to get traded this year. Him and Shane Bieber are the two guys who everybody can't stop talking about. So I don't understand how the White Sox can push for the playoffs right now, but like crazier things have happened. Crazier things have definitely happened. Um, let's 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 uh, let's pivot over to Degrom. Degrom, uh, Tommy we- John. Should we just not talk about it? It's, well, I think we have to. I mean, I just it's, feel it's, bad. The, it's the biggest news in baseball this week. I feel week. bad for the guy. I feel bad for him, too. I think DeGrom is probably the best pitcher that we're going to have to never – he's he's never going to pitch a full season again. I don't think he'll ever pitch a full season again. I I do think that You're, he's going to be able to come back after the Tommy John. And okay. it might be optimistic of me to say because, obviously, history doesn't really prove that. But yeah. I think he's going to come back from the Tommy John better. I really do. We've seen it from so many guys, and this is a guy who's getting Tommy John for the second time. Right. It, it, it's so tough, but this is a guy for the past eight years who, when he has been on the field, has shown that he is he, the best pitcher in baseball. He, he could be the po- best pitcher ever. He also won't be coming back until his age 37 season, though, which is concerning. It, it's, it's tough. It's definitely tough. The odds that he comes back... Before the end of next season, I think are, are very low. I think he's going to miss the rest of this season and all of next season. I think he's season. missing all of next season, too. The, like, he said he's optimistic and he wants to try to get back by the end of next season, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to rush a guy that they're paying $35 no. million dollars to. And he also did the thing where, which te- I don't understand why teams do this, is they, they let their players, like, kind of, I mean, I get, I, and again, I understand why they have to do it, but they, he did the thing where it's like they try to wait it out and see if, like, you can avoid Tommy John. And, yeah. But I don't think that's smart they do it all the time with everyone and Degrom, like having him on the 15 day first just, just like go you said, on, like, just go under just the go on the 60 yeah. and go under the knife like you know it's going to happen and especially with Degrom, a guy who has just non-stop fought with injuries his entire life like this is a guy who you should be really careful with and you have to be really careful with or something like this is going to happen here's the but the, the i'm sorry the, the yeah. quick qu- question i had for you and the argument i want to have right now is he a Hall of Famer? Well, I was gonna tra- I was gonna segue I was gonna segue that question into another question. I think right now, if Jacob Degrom never comes back to who he really fully was pre pre injury and whatnot, his career at this rate, and it's a lot of people are gonna be mad at for me for saying this. He's kind of a Tim Lincecum guy. I, uh, kind of, but is Tim Lincecum a Hall of Famer? He's a guy who no. won two Cy Youngs, he's not the, three World Series, threw two no hitters. Like those, he sound good. I know, but he's just not. I, like that's that's but, my, but, but Jacob Degrom has the same amount of Cy Youngs. I know, in, but so I'm saying that, like, that's going to be my. I don't think he makes it in. I really don't. And I think, do I think he should make it in? Yes, because I think you can't you can't have somebody who you who a lot of people see as possibly the best pitcher ever ever. And not be in your Hall of Fame, but I know how MLB, MLB voters are, Hall of Fame voters. I know how they are, and they will hold anything against any guy to keep them out. And I think they're going to hold out on Degrom because of 
not enough years. He's got, what, eight years, and it's not even a full eight years. And they're going to hold out because he's got, like, 86 wins. Yeah, he has 84 wins, uh, just over 1,300 pitches, uh, excuse me, over 1,300 innings pitched, uh, 11K per nine, which is ridiculous. I think he should be in. I just think the voters will fuck. It's so easy for the voters to find reasons to not put him in. Well, they always play devil's advocate, and I think that's why, like, there's a lot of guys who probably should be in that aren't in. Yep. Uh, Guys that we call the best players ever. The best hitters ever. Yeah, this is true. But that's a little different of a scenario. I mean, steroids and... Yeah, no, it's definitely a different scenario. But I'm just saying, like, there's many guys who I feel like should be in and are not. I just think it's going to be hard to keep DeGrom out when essentially he had... He had possibly one of the best peaks we've ever seen. I would say from 2017 to, like, not even 17. Let's just go, like, straight up 18 to... 18, I mean, 18 and 19 was were some of the two best pitching years that we've seen in, like, the modern game. 100%. Like, since, like, Randy Johnson. Dude, 100%. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's actually sad to say that, like, he won't pitch probably ever a full season again. But, um... But, I, I, like, I still think this is a guy who can come back. And, and even if the arm isn't as strong as it was before, I think this is a guy who can still work at a 93 to 95 kind of fastball like I, th- I think he can still work with that and be very effective I, no I don't think he's going to come back and be holy shit Jacob deGrom again but I think he has the opportunity to come back and still be the best pitcher on the Rangers and even if he's not I think he's good enough and a smart enough pitcher to work with 92 to 93 and be you know a, a top two or a top three in that rotation and still be very good for no, them, for sure. just not be the Jacob DeGrom anymore. It's just going to have to suck for them to come to the realization that they're going to have to pay a guy $30 million a year for, it, yeah. for nothing. Well, that, 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 that that's kind of like... That's why we were really skeptical of this deal when they first made it. Like We obviously know that the Rangers were going for it and they wanted to spend a shit ton of money, but when you sign a guy like Jacob DeGrom, you're basically signing the fact that you know he's going to get hurt. Dude, we said we said in the beginning of the season, and I even said I like Degrom. Like, I didn't like that the, the 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 precedent started right off the bat that he was hurt. And I know you were you were skeptical of me saying that, and I kept saying like I've I've seen this before. I've seen him like say like, oh, you know, it's just a tweak. I need to sit for a little bit. I've seen him say, oh, I'll, I'll come back. I'll take a week off of throwing. And I've seen him get pulled out of games. It's never a good sign. It always seems like DeGrom delays the inevitable and kind of tries to push off, which is like it shows that he's a competitor and he wants to stay on the field. But, like, he pushes a lot of these things off, and it ends up costing him seasons. Yep, 100%. I feel like he, he is, like you, you said it the perfect way, he is one of those guys who, who likes to push stuff off. And he wants to work through stuff, but he his body literally just won't let him. And he kind of needs to get out of that. And the Rangers... They were careful with him in the beginning of the season when he had that first little tweak with the back and stuff like that. I think they just need to continue to be careful with him for the next, the remainder of the years that they have him. Yeah, they definitely need to be careful because uh, now it becomes a real risk of having to to throw away a lot of this money. I'm sure like a lot of it is going to be covered through insurance if he can't play for next year. But it's not. They, no. Oh, for next year though. I'm saying if, if he's out of all of 24, because Edwin Diaz... Yeah, but was, they wouldn't pay for it in 23 and not in 24. 
Well, he already played in 23. That's what I'm saying. Like, th- there might be a clause where it says, if you're out a full season, we only have to pay a certain amount of your contract. Oh, oh, oh. You got me confused when you said insurance. No. No, well, like, like the Mets had insurance on Diaz's contract, so yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we, I don't think they're paying. We were talking about two different types yeah, of insurance. Yeah, I, I don't think. I, I mean, look, like I'm Steve, sorry, I meant, Steve Cohen like set Diaz up nicely, like yeah, got yeah, him yeah. like personal chef, like mm-hmm. all these things. But I don't think the Mets are on the hook for the salary. I think yeah. that's in uh, in insurance. Yeah, I know what you mean. You meant insurance like that. I meant insurance like actual like, like, insurance. Like who's Degrom's like, primary care? Like like <laughs> like Degrom's surgery. He is paying for his surgery. The Rangers no, had no. Yes, the Rangers had in his contract that their insurance will not pick up major surgery. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so he's that's coming out of pocket. It's coming out of pocket. I mean, it's not like it's I mean, it's really not like it's going to hurt him at all. How he's much gonna... does Tommy John cost out of pocket? Probably fifty grand. We should we should try to get Tommy well, John. I mean, and see sh- how much it costs. He has his own insurance. No, I'm saying, but we should try. We should try. You want to try to get Tommy? I think we John? should get Tommy John. Well, I well, I think we should just stand in in like like outside and just just empty no no ball in hand and just start throwing as hard as we possibly can until we see hear something pop. Well, we we talked about this all the time in high school. How every time we threw, every time we pitched in high school, we pretty much came off the mound and said, "Ah, oh, man, I could really use some Tommy John." I, I think if I got Tommy John and then stepped out there, I would throw at least five miles an hour faster. I just think it's like I think it's so funny that we put all of our trust in like a little ligament in our arm. Yeah. It's I great. would never throw a curveball now, realizing how like easy it can snap it. I could never step on a mound again. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, have this I, I actually. I actually. I actually day. have no um, like desire to want to throw like a curveball at full velocity ever again because my arm actually feel like I can feel my arm hurt. Did did Panther scored. Let's go! Can we put it up there? Fuck the Mets. It's the bottom of the third and it's 6-3. This game also started an hour and ten minutes ago, and it's only the third. That's what I'm saying. Why did I just close? I have no idea why you did. Okay. I'm done with MLB. I want to talk PGA for our last, like, 10, 15 minutes, and then we'll get into picks and roulette, and we'll watch the end of this P's game. Huge news. PGA, live, and the... I'm sorry. Not live, according to Rory. Not live. The PGA, the PIF, and the DP World Tour are merging into one, which means, obviously, live players, PGA Tour players, DP World Tour players will all be playing on the same tour again, and it is a good... I think it's good for golf. It's it's causing a lot of controversy right now, but I think, all in all, it's going to be really good for the game of golf. We're going to see the guys that we want to see all play together. I don't think that, like, they really don't have it figured out right now, but they think once they get it figured out, it's going to look really good, and they just need to figure something out. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely an interesting time in the game of golf. It's something that I did not see coming. This kind of took the, the world by storm on Tuesday morning. Everyone kind of looked down at their phone and did a double take and said, whoa, wait a second. I, I, I think Live and PGA Tour just merged. So essentially my understanding of it is uh, the two leagues are coming together under one umbrella funded by the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. It seems my like, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, the, um, I'm not really sure who, who the, uh, the elected leader of or head of the the public investment fund of saudi arabia i know it's all run out of their government um oh wow the peas almost just scored again um (laughs) 
sorry for for those who don't know, I have a hundred bucks on the piece to win the Stanley Cup. So it's this is uh, um, I haven't been too happy with Stressful this bet times. so hard so so far, but um, we're gonna ride it out. Um, wow, someone just got laid out. Um, <laughs> um, so much going on. So there's a lot going on on the screen right now. I should put my Apple Watch on to see how much um, your heart rate. My heart rate is yeah. <laughs> so um, so yeah, essentially uh, uh, the PGA Tour folded is what it looks like on from like the the general public's uh, point of view. Um, I don't really think they folded in this case. I just think that they knew that the public investment fund was essentially just going to um, send them to court for the rest of time. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's a lot of... Legitimately, I think it, it really is a lot of... Oh, oh my God! I think it's a... I'm sorry. Sorry, another hit. Oh, another oh hit! God. Oh, that's a, that's a penalty! <laughs> Red flag! These, these, this, pod, this is going to be the worst podcast in fucking ever, but... Here's here's my big thing with 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 the whole PGA and PIF thing. I honestly think that the, what happened was when Liv started, they started throwing money at literally everyone. All they did was throw money at people here, money, money, money. The PGA sat there and was like, "We don't have any fucking money." So they asked advertisers and said, "Hey, can we have some more money?" They gave them more money. That's not sustainable for years and years. The PGA then sat there and said, "If we can't." figure out another way to get a shit ton of money, guess what? Everyone's going to go to live. So what they did is lesser of two evils. They'd rather join them than get beat by them. So they joined them. And I just hope it doesn't look like live. I don't think it's going to look like I don't like think live. it's going to look like I, I think it's going to look like they're gonna, the PGA Tour. They're, they're going to exist as two separate entities still. Yeah. They're, like, they're, they're still going to be two separate, like, let's just use leagues as the term right now. They're going to be two separate leagues. Two separate tours. The Live Tour is going to st- – that's probably a better word for it, obviously. The, tour, the Live Tour is going to do its own thing. The PGA Tour is going to do its own thing. I did hear that there's going to be some sort of penalty for Live guys wanting to come back onto the PGA Tour. But yep. um, the, it also sounds like now the DP World Tour, which is formerly the Euro Tour, uh, it sounds like they're going to get in and on the, in on the action. So it, it's this might – you know, on the surface, it looks like for, from all the, the media of – I mean, you can – listen, you can you – can, dig and do everything about the you know the Saudis and where they get their money and the, the past and whatever. You can, you can dig all day and find a million reasons to hate it, but at the end of the day, like this is not necessarily the worst thing for golf. Like yes, like there is some sketchy things going on behind the scenes and it's very controversial. But at the end of the day it's bringing the golf the, the game of golf together on a global stage now. I, I, I at least I feel that's what I it's agree. Going. I you know I I think this is just like when, when everything happened at the first with Liv, everybody was really scared and we didn't know what it was going to look like in a couple of years, what was really going to happen. And I think this is the best case scenario since the breakup. I think all of them coming back together, you know, there's people that, you know, I don't like the morality of, you know, the PIF having, funding the PGA Tour and, and Saudi Arabia's money. But, you know, money talks, dude. Money talks. Money is going to win every time. Money is money. So... Like, I think it's the best possible scenario. The PGA Tour now has its players back, and they have enough money to play the players what they want to be paid. So I think it's perfect for them. They really, I think the, the guys who went to the Live Tour and are now coming back, obviously everybody's saying are the biggest winners. They definitely are, but, you know, we'll see what happens. 
within the next coming year. Yeah, and I think like this still has a lot of work to do before it's obviously finished. It, it was a little, it seemed a little premature that when Jay Monahan and the leader of the the PIF came out and kind of said like, "Hey, we have a deal on the surface, but like language, language and like signatures are definitely nowhere close right now." But those should be coming in the coming weeks. So, um, like, I, I I really don't know. I really don't know if if you know. A lot of things can go wrong in negotiations, so this definitely is nothing but a done deal as of right yet. So um, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes up. Um, and, and I'm interested to hear more players talk out about it. I mean, we've heard Rory have some comments on it, and it sounds like his tone has changed about it. Uh, Tiger is still standing firm in his stance that he doesn't like the live tour, but um, more players, especially uh, come U.S. Open week next week, well, I'm sure we'll hear a lot of opinions on it. Yeah, we definitely will, and I'm I'm really excited to see what a lot of the players think about it. And you know, they a lot of the talk on Twitter and everything was that the the PGA Tour players were really blindsided by this, and some of them were upset. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they have to say, and if they think that the tour did the right thing, if they're upset. You know, I really want to see if they actually voice the, their concerns about it, or if they just sit there and like, you know, what it is, what it is, money talks, and that's just what they're going to have to deal with. But like you said, you know, I think we'll hear a lot more about that come U.S. Open time when all the all the big guys are all in the same course and we'll see what happens when that comes around. Exactly. Let's um, – do we want to throw out a little um, premature uh, pediculation for next week's what, U.S. Open? What did you just say? What did it you was just a play. Say? It was a, a play on premature ejaculation. But oh, oh, oh! No, we can do that next week. We have to do Sunday night picks. Do we have Sunday night picks oh, picked? Do oh, do we? We have to do. I it. was just gonna say for this week, I'm gonna live and die on the Sahith Thigala top twenty-five line. Mariners Angels this week. Mariners Angels. All right, all right. Should we get in some picks? Let's do some picks. Let's get in some picks. Do we have let's, music for picks? Do we have music? Yeah, we have music. Do right. do do. do. By Riverside. Thanks for Friday, June 9th. Yes, yes. Yes, it's Friday, June 9th. It oh, is six it is nine. Six nine. There you go, six hey, nine. There you go. Sixty-nine. Six. Um, uh, no, wait, should we do should we do picks for tomorrow first or picks for Sunday? Picks for tomorrow. Let's do picks for tomorrow first. Okay. Okay. My pick sure. for tomorrow, just so I'm gonna get I'm getting it out of the way right now. I'm taking the fucking Sox, baby. It's rivalry weekend. Sox Yankees, Garrett Whitlock on the mound against Garrett Cole. We're gonna find out who the real fucking Garrett is, and Rafi Devers owns Garrett Cole. So we know who's winning this one. In the Bronx, the Red Sox are taking it. There's no question in my mind. Uh, I am going to take the Guardians at home, plus 105 against the Houston Astros. They have... Spicy. Logan Allen on the mound tomorrow night up against Christian Javier. Very, very good pitching matchup tomorrow night in Cleveland. Cleveland has started to come around with the bats a little bit. They're so heating up. Um, They're, we're heating heating up. up. They're heating up. So we're going to uh, we're going to go with the Guardians. Jake? Uh, I'm going 
for those following, I was on seven game heater. I lost the Orioles money line last week, so it comes to an end. But we're going back to over reliable. Orioles, Royals, over eight and a half. Jake, the Royals can't hit the ball. Nick Prado is good. Nick Prado is good. Nick Vinny Prado. Pasquitino. He's going to go for like four home outside of, outside of Vinny and Nick Prado, they literally have no one that can hit. They have they play five, not five. They play a first baseman in right. They play a first baseman in left. They play a first baseman at first. And they have a DH catching in Salvador Perez. And the Orioles are going to score nine runs themselves. You never know. The Orioles could score nine runs. Also, by the way, since we've been recording, the Verlander let up a two-run homer. It's now... Um, it's now... Go Mets! Let's, nope. Let's just one second. Just don't shut up. It's 6-5 Mets, and Verlander got pulled out, and they did the chop. So... Chop, chop, chop. Did, Daz they, loves they, the they, fucking they chop. The, they did the chop. Loves so. the chop. It's his favorite. Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure Mariners Angels is Sunday Night Baseball? Sunday Night Baseball's at 4 o'clock? No, they, they might have flexed it. Oh, Sunday Night Baseball is Yankee Red Sox. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it should be Yankee flexed. Red Sox. They got flexed. Okay, well. Well, we got to make picks now. I mean, Zach, we know who you're going with here. Oh, God. It's Bayo and Clark Schmidt. I'm taking the Sox. Gimme them. Gimme them. They're taking two out of three from New York. Let's go Sox. Let's go Sox. Let's go, baby. Let's go Sox. Let's go, baby. Come on. Come on. Yeah, he's taking the fucking stupid. Jake's taking the dumbass Yankees because he's an idiot. Clark Schmidt's going to give up 10 runs in the first inning. There's no question. Masataki Yoshida's going to go five for five. Are you going Four to the game this, the game this weekend? No, because I was going to go tomorrow. It's also really expensive, probably. It's... And the air also sucks. I was going to go tomorrow. Maybe should I go to Sunday Night Baseball? It's probably going to be so expensive. No, Sunday Night Baseball was the cheapest game. It was only like 35 bucks to get in. Every other game was like 80 I was going to go tomorrow, but we have I have to play softball. Go to Sunday Night Baseball. I might go to Sunday Night Baseball. You want to go? Uh, possibly. I have some things going on during the day, but I could maybe swing it. Well, it's 7 o'clock. Yeah, but I can maybe Are we making it. plans live in the air? I don't. I'll see. Guys, also, if, you're also, at, if you're at the if you're at Yankee Stadium on Sunday and you see me and Daz, come say hi. Also, like, don't stab <laughs> me. That'd be cool. Also, don't stab me. I'm going to be wearing a Red Sox jersey and yelling very loud if I'm there. Is that it? Is that it? Oh, roulette. Roulette. roulette! Oh my roulette. God! Live roulette. roulette! Live roulette! Do you want to do it or right? number? This would be a high no, 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 no. What are you doing? What are you doing? We're putting real money on it. We're not doing fake. I'm doing fake roulette. That's a boring number. Uh, I didn't say numbers yet. False start. False start. False start. Suck it, Jake. Oh my Suck God, you're it, such Jake. an idiot. He asked for you're so. He didn't. He didn't say numbers. He just asked Jack for a number. What an idiot. So Jake will be going last to pick numbers. Should I read the the steamer that I got here? Stanley steamer. Stanley steamer. Uh, no, no, stop. No free ads. Sorry, no Stanley Steamer. If you're out there and you want to give us some money, no, we'll no, say we'll no, sing no. the song every episode. Don't sing it. <laughs> Don't. They didn't pay us. Okay, roulette. Here we go. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. I'm still pulling it up. I'm still pulling it up. It's not giving me any fucking shit anymore. Okay, numbers. Twenty-two. Fuck. Wait, no. You have to go last. You 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 fucking. You have to go last. Hurry up. Hurry up. Numbers. Uh, seven. Jake, you have to pick again. I'm picking. 22. This is great. Spinning, 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 spinning. 
If it was 22, Jake, you would have looked like a huge ass. Like a, a big idiot. Yeah, I'm very happy that I really, really wish it was 22. All right, everyone. Well, that's our show for uh, for this Friday. Come, I think it went great. Come back on uh, Monday to see uh, to see if uh, Zach is a happy camper after Sunday Night Baseball. We should do more live podcasts. We should do more live podcasts. All right. Maybe if Jake would move back. Well, we can do it without Jake. No, we can't. Yeah, then I have to send you all the audio. That's no, 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 no. Because we could just do we could just do one over Riverside. You're a fucking genius. We're totally gonna do more live podcasts. So maybe you should tell us if you liked it. You know. So yo, <laughs> mom, tell me tomorrow. All right. See you guys. Thanks everybody for hanging out. We love you. We will see you on Tuesday. Love you guys.